This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Glad to see you in the house of the Lord today. Maybe some of the illustration up there describes your life today. And, you know, for the last couple of weeks, we talked about how God's on a search and he looks to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Last week, we talked about living in crisis. This week, it's adversity. And then next week, it's Easter Sunday. So we'll celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. But also the upcoming weeks, we're going to stay on this a little bit. And I I just sense God's heart right now. But there's a lot of people that are going through some things, and that may be you. But I can tell you this right now, God's faithful. God's a faithful God. So in saying that, if you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hand up really, really high. Our ushers will get you one. Once you got that, go with me to the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 2. It's where we'll begin this morning. And as you're turning there, when we look at the men and women of the Bibles, the heroes or the examples, we can call them, they went through great tests, trials, tribulations. There was nothing easy about the, the life of David, Joseph, the life of Ruth. But what I found out is they they kept hanging on to the things of God. They kept looking at the things of God, and they never gave up on those promises. But in our lives today, even within the church, we have the thought or the idea that we shouldn't have to go through any hardships. And that's not biblical at all. And so we want to show you some of the things of the, the Word of God that will help you to understand if you're going through some things today, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean you're a sinner. It's just the thing called life at times. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, one, he wouldn't tell me to be strong unless I needed to be. And number two, he tells me how to be strong. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I believe personally, you can pray that right there. Grace me, Lord Jesus, today in that way. Grace me to be a man of God, a woman of God. Verse 2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now, Paul right here, he begins to establish a pattern for preservation and transformation. And I believe he's telling us in this that The teachings of the Word of God are to be passed down to generation, to generation, to generation without us altering the Word of God or adding to the Word of God. In other words, the Word of God doesn't change. And if it worked in Joseph's day, it'll work in my day and your day. He goes on to say in verse 3, You therefore must, must, must endure hardship. Didn't say maybe so. It said you must, okay? So that's addressing every one of us in this room. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, I'm committed to live for Jesus. And when you think about a good soldier there, he's disciplined and he's dedicated. Now, in these next few verses here, what you're going to find out is three different analogies the Apostle Paul gives us. Start in verse 4. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. 
with this life right now. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And so when we talk about a soldier, it's a person, man, he's, he's wholeheartedly involved. And the warfare of the kingdom demands one's full attention. So think about the word soldier there. A soldier's committed. A soldier's dedicated. A soldier knows that, that I, I can't take days off. A soldier knows that I, I got to be on the lookout at all times. Verse 5, and also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. And so he's talking about here that the reward for Christian service depends on faithfulness. So just think of the athlete that he's talking about that he trains. I mean, when you see an Olympic athlete, they don't just train on Monday. It's an everyday event to prepare for that. And so literally, it is faithfulness to be dedicated to it. But also, it said you got to play by the rules. That's the same with us. We've got to play within the rules of the Word of God. The last one that he tells me about, verse 5, 6. The hardworking farmer. Doesn't say the lazy rear farmer. It says the hard-working farmer. And if you know a farmer, maybe you're a farmer. And farmers don't take days off, especially when they have irrigation. They're always out changing their water and doing things. So he said the hard-working farmer must first be to partake of the crops. So he's a hard worker. But think about this in a farmer's life. There's a great, great patience within him to know I'm going to plant this crop, say, in April, but I don't reap the benefits of that crop until maybe October. And so they just wait patiently, but you know what? They hold on and they think, I put that seed in the ground and I know that there's going to be a harvest. And so the Apostle Paul is telling us these things in our own life so I got to be like a soldier. I got to be like that athlete. And I got to be like the farmer. Now, I want to show you some things biblically that'll let you know that you're going to go through some hardships. Go to the book of Acts, chapter 14. And right after Acts 14, we'll go to John 16. But, but you got to see these things, okay? And I realize at times as a Christian, when we talk about going through hardships, you know what Christians will say? I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. But understand this as a Christian. There's no, no scripture at all in the Bible that says you won't go through difficulties. Acts 14, verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to, the, to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. And again, the significance is they preached the gospel. Every one of us in this room, we've got to hear the Word of God. The Word of God is so important. And it's so important, not, not only back then, but it's so important in the time we live in. Because too many people in our society, we would rather drift and go toward the things that mankind says instead of God. I will tell you this, don't forget the gospel. Let the Word of God be your blueprint, okay? Verse 22. Strengthen the souls of the disciples, exhorting them. 
encouraging them, warning them, urging them to continue in the faith, to be steadfast in the faith, to stick with what you've begun to believe. Don't give up on the faith. Don't give up on Jesus. Don't give up on the Word of God. In due season, we'll reap if we don't faint. The last part of verse 22, saying, We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. We must, through many tribulations. And so there's nowhere in the Bible that says that Christians will not go through struggles. And when you read this, the teaching tells us that we're going to suffer through some trials. And all order of human difficulty are unavoidable. But... Everything we're going through can be overcome. Everything. I don't care what you're going through. You know, Revelation 12, 11 says, We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So again, am I going to go through hardships? Yeah. But understand, don't allow those hardships to, to get you in a coma, to paralyze you, to stop you. You just keep serving God. Turn with me to John 16. Just right back there to your left, just a little bit. John 16, verse 33. And when you get there, note this is Jesus here. Red letter words. And he said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Again, I, I get my grace from the Lord Jesus. And I can have peace even in the midst of a storm with Jesus. Now watch what he goes on to say here. In the world, right here on this earth, you will have tribulation, pressure, stress, anguish, adversity, affliction. Even the, the, the word tribulation means a squeezing. So what happens is life begins to squeeze us. And I don't want to show the hands, but how many of you are I just say, man, that's me. I'm being squeezed on all fronts of my life. And so ultimately what happens with this squeezing is we never know what's on the inside of us until we get squeezed. And when you get squeezed, you'll, you'll find out where you're at. In other words, that squeezing will locate you. And when you get squeezed, you'll either start calling out to God. But what I found out, or you'll go backwards, but what I found out is this, that your problems become your promotion. And your adversity will never leave you the way it found you. You know what will happen in adversity? You'll either get better or you'll get bitter. And so it's the same for every one of us. So when I read these right here, understand this is for every one of us. You will go through hardships. So go way, way back to the first of the Bible, Genesis and then Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1. Now, this passage here has to do with the Israelites. And one of the reasons I want to read about the Israelites, beginning in chapter 1, is they went through incredible adversity, unbelievable affliction. And the scripture will tell us that, but... I want us to learn what did they do in the midst of that. 
And you'll begin to see this. So in, Gen or in Exodus 1, it begins and it talks about all the sons of Jacob where the 12 tribes of Israel came out of. The, the, the son that's most known is Joseph. So we begin Exodus 1 verse 6. And Joseph died, all his brothers and all that generation. Now the reason I want to highlight that is because life goes on. Life didn't stop just because this great patriarch died. Life goes on to the next generation and to the next generation. And it'll keep going on to generations until Jesus comes back. Verse 7. But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly. They multiplied and they grew exceedingly mighty and the land was filled with them. Now understand the Egyptians always viewed themselves as superior. But because of the favor that was on Joseph's life, things had been different there for a little while. But Joseph's dead. Now I want to highlight that one more time. Because every one of us in this room, we can't live off of Joseph's accomplishments and Joseph's achievements. He did great things. And what I'm telling us here today is that none of us are grandfathered in. He's dead and he's gone and the Lord said, Now, you can learn from what they did and live by the things that caused them to be successful if you'd like. But I'm not going to get to heaven because of what Joseph did. And I'm not going to walk in great victories because of what Joseph did. But I can sure look at his example. Keep reading, verse 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them. Lest they multiply, and it happen in the event of war, that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of this land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. Now think of the two words there, to afflict them. With their burdens. Who are we talking about? The Israelites. God's chosen. And so you could look at that and say, well, why would God's chosen have to go through this stuff? Because they weren't exempt from hardships either. So they had these great taskmasters. And we pick back up now in, in verse 12. But the more they afflicted them, the more they oppressed them, the more the multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians at one time began to dread them. They became fearful of them. But ultimately they hated them. But the Israelites were too important to get rid of them. But they were too dangerous to let them go. So they got them in their lives. Keep reading here. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel... Serve with rigor, with harshness, is what that word means. With harshness. And I believe at times in our life as, as, as Christians, we think there's this success formula or this success theology. 
that if I just keep doing the things of God every day, that my life will be smooth sailing. And so we can have that thought, but then all of a sudden in life, this happens and that happens, and we start looking to God and saying, what's up, God? I'm, I'm doing everything that you told me to do, but yet I'm experiencing some hardships. Again, that doesn't mean you're a sinner. And that doesn't mean you're a bad person. It's just another thing of life. How many of you found out life happens? Life happens. You know, I'm a, I'm a, this may surprise you, but I'm a champion potato pillar. I, I, I'm unbelievable. And that's not prideful, okay? I mean, I, I can tear them. I move. It's like just, just get out of the way. Whether it's regular potatoes or I'm really good at sweet potatoes. I tear them dudes up. So last night, I'm peeling them in. I got them all done. And then I begin to cut them. Well, I'm a master potato peeler, but I'm not a real good cutter. And I, I missed the potato, and I got this finger right here. And you, you would have thought I cut it off the way I bled. I don't know if when you start getting older, you bleed like a stuck pig. <laughs> Blood is everywhere, and I'm looking. And when I got it stopped and I looked, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I took 10 stitches, but it wasn't that bad. I'm just kidding, I didn't. But again, you can look at that and you can say, sometimes life just happens. And this is what's happening with them. That as you go through life, some things begin to take place. Verse 14. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. And so you begin to see that it wasn't good for them. But I can never develop into being an overcomer without having something to overcome. And so think about the things in your life right now that you need to overcome. And Jesus said, in this world you'll have tribulations, but be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. And so I can hang on to what Jesus does. And he says, but understand we begin to develop things within us when we go through hardships. Now hold your place right there. Actually, you can go to Exodus 2, but turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 5. I'll come back to Exodus 2. We'll go to Romans chapter 5. And this is one of the best passages in Scripture to me. To help us to understand what goes on in our lives as human beings when we get into great trials and tribulations. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified, acquitted, made right by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's amazing how many things we have through God because of Jesus Grace, we have peace right here, even our faith. So our lives really got to be focused on Jesus. Verse 2, through whom also we have access or entry by faith into his grace. Now, what is God's grace? God's grace is a state of his favor. God's grace is undeserved favor. I don't deserve it, 
and I can't buy it, but yet he gives it to me. A great prayer daily is, Lord, grace me. Grace me to be a man or woman. Grace me today. And so he says, through whom we also have access or entry by faith into his grace, in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, the, the whole Christian life is a result of God's grace. I just keep grace in me, Lord. Verse 3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Now, it's kind of what Jimmy said earlier. Rejoice in tribulation. Rejo- Are you kidding me? And for years of my life, I would look at that and i think, Lord, how can that be? How can I glory in tribulation, trials, hardships, adversity? And that may be a question going on in you right now. Here's some of the answers. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulations, trials, produces perseverance, produces endurance, better known as patience. So when I get in these great tribulations and trials and adversity, God is working a patience on the inside of me. A patience that needs to be developed. You know, the Bible says that through faith and patience we inherit. I can have the greatest faith in the world, but if I don't have patience, I'm going to get frustrated. And some of you says, that describes me right now. That's described me for many years of my life. And so understand, he's beginning to say, I'm going to create some patience in you. I'm going to develop some patience in you. But he doesn't stop there. And perseverance, patience, character. You know, every one of us needs godly character. And part of my character is integrity. That I actually do what I say I'll do. But he says right here that when I have patience, then patience will help me endure character. You know, there's a difference between your reputation and your character. Your reputation is who everybody thinks you are. Your character is who your spouse knows you are. Oh, Pastor, that hurt. See, every one of us need to develop some character. So I think back about this. All this starts taking place in tribulation. When I'm in great trials, but he doesn't end there. Then he goes on to say, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. What type of hope was he talking about that wouldn't disappoint? The only hope that doesn't disappoint is God's hope. That God puts a promise out here and he says, I promised it. And understand, when God promises something, he means it. And so even the last part of that song, it says that that I'll look back at your faithfulness. And so even in the life of Joseph and the life of David, they went through incredible uh, uh, tribulations. But at the end, they could look back and they could say, God's faithful. Put your hope in a faithful God. And so when you look at all this, our Christian character goes through hardship. And when it goes through hardship, the hope of receiving what God has promised It grows stronger and it grows stronger. 
And many times we say, I don't want that. I don't want tribulations. As a Christian, I didn't sign up for that. Yes, you did. And so God wants to do something on the inside of me. Now, watch how he ends this. He says, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. The love of God is a word called agape. The love of God is by choice. The love of the world is phileo, is is a love by chance. Man, I can operate in the love of God out of choice. And he ends by the Holy Spirit who he's given to us. Now, when you think about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does everything on the inside of me. He starts changing me inside, and then it comes outwardly. And so understand, when we talk about the Holy Spirit right here, God is more concerned about changing me on the inside than changing my circumstances. God knows this, that when I change you on the inside, it will start working on the outside, and there'll be a huge change in my life. But all this is happening on the inside. So one of the great things, Holy Spirit, begin to breathe in me patience. Begin to breathe in me character. Breathe in me that hope. Begin to work on the inside of me. And watch what he'll do. So now we go all the way back to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. And as you're turning there, the, the principle between almost all exercise is resistance is required to get stronger. And so for illustration, when you lift weights, the way you get stronger is there's a force that's going against your muscles. And the more force you use, the stronger you'll get over a period of time. Now, you're not going to go from bench pressing 50 pounds to 300 pounds in a day. It's not going to happen, okay? But if you stay with it, your body, your muscle starts having more and more resistance. It's very similar into the area of running. Have you ever found out you, you can run at a certain pace and it doesn't bother you? But if you pick up the pace and go a little harder, how many have ever tasted blood in your lungs? It's been a long time since I've tasted blood in my lungs, but I can think back about it. What's happening? You're developing your heart. It's very similar in the spirit realm. That when there's resistance coming against us, you become stronger spiritually. Think about this thought right here. Is it always fun to go to the gym and work out? Somebody said yes. I mean, pray for liars after the service. How about this? Is it fun to run every day? Some of you say, absolutely not. That's a curse. But something happens when I stay with it. And I'm disciplined and I'm faithful to do what I need to do. Same analogy in the spirit realm. I stay faithful and I stay disciplined. So we go back to Exodus chapter 2. In their life right now, the Israelite, it is a hard, hard, difficult time. It is a time of adversity. So we pick up Exodus 2 verse 23. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. And when we see the process of time... God doesn't work on the same clock that we do, okay? God has a different time beat. 
And so the, the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel, they groaned because of the bondage. And they cried out. You know, the first reference of mankind crying out to God was found in Genesis 4. And after Genesis 4, over and over and over in history, you find mankind, when we get to a place where we experience so much pain, we begin to cry out to God. Does God get mad when we cry out to him? Look at the end of this verse. And they cried out and their cry came out to God because of their bondage. So God heard their groaning. I believe God eats it up when he hears our groaning. And I don't believe he eats it up in a negative way, but he loves to hear us come to him and cry out to him and say, Father God, we need you. We come to you because we're in pain. We're in adversity. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, The effectual, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The word fervor means intense or heartfelt. It comes from my heart. And it said the fervent prayer, or the fervent prayer, not the fervorless. So when I come from, uh, I come to my Father from my whole heart, it's not about how well I articulate my words, and it's not how well my grammar is. But I come to God in a sense of weakness that says, Father God, I don't know what to do. I call out to you. King David did it in Psalm 50, 15. He said, call upon me in the day of trouble and I'll hear you. In the midst of your trials and your adversity, don't run from God. Run to him. Call out to God. Just like they begin to do right here. And so it says... So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God's not a covenant breaker. He remembered what he promised to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and he'll remember the same thing to me and you. But when God rescues us, again, it's not on my watch. And just because it doesn't happen overnight doesn't mean it's not going to happen God will not forsake you or he will not abandon you. Actually, in Hebrews 13, 5, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so you can hold fast to that. And my job is not to solve the problem. My, God is just, my job is just to say, Father God, I welcome you into my situation. Now turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, and this is what we'll end with. Actually, at the last part there of Exodus, it said that God acknowledged them. God acknowledged them. God heard them. God responded to them. Turn to Deuteronomy 6. In Jeremiah 29, verse 13, it says, You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And so God gives us great information. And as you're turning to Deuteronomy 6, remember, as a Christian, your life isn't always smooth sailing. There's going to be bumps in the road. But your test when you pass them, your test in life when you go through them, become your testimony. 
And the only way I can have a testimony is to pass the test. And that means I can't quit. I can't give up. I just keep going through them. And so let me, let me help you a little bit in thinking on those lines. The young man Joseph and the young man David, they're both teenagers, roughly 17 years old. One has a dream. The other's anointed to be the next king of Israel. But it didn't happen overnight. Both of them were somewhere around 30 before they started operating in those things. And so day after day, they kept serving God. And, and I will tell you, I don't believe they fully understood everything that was going on. And even if you don't understand everything's going on in your life, don't quit trusting God. Don't quit giving up on His Word. And I believe even with Joseph that there he starts as a slave and he's probably thinking, what's happening? And before long, he, he becomes falsely accused. And now he's in the worst prison ever and he's thinking, God, what's going on? But what I find about these two guys is they kept serving God. And they were faithful and they were dedicated. And I don't have a testimony by serving God for a weekend. And I don't have a testimony just because I've gone to a walk of Emmaus. And I don't have a testimony just because I go to the men of iron every year for three days. I have a testimony when I've been faithful and I've had long-term fruit. And I don't know about you, that's the examples I want to live by. That's who I want to look to. Is when I see men and women in the Bible who went through great adversity and they kept fighting. Deuteronomy 6. And I'm going to begin in verse 20. But before I get there, he gives a couple great insights. First in verse 17, he says... You shall, you shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord. Diligently. That's day by day by day. Then in verse number 18, he said, And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord. Then we pick up in verse 20. And when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is the meaning of the testimonies, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were slaves of the Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. You know what this guy, this daddy's getting to say to his children? He's saying, kids, the Exodus moment wasn't about a bunch of rules. The Exodus moment was about a faithful God. And I've been in a place in my life where I experienced incredible adversity. But what you get to see right now in my life, how God brought us out, it was because of a faithful God. And I kept living for him. And he goes on to say in verse 23, Then he brought us out from there that he might bring us to give us the land which he swore to our fathers. And he's going back to saying, listen, you can trust God. Even in the midst of adversity, verse 24, And the Lord commanded us to observe all these statues, to fear the Lord our God. Why? For our good always. And when I read this, many times as Christians, we look and, and we think or we say, all the, the life as a Christian is a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's freedom. 
It releases us from bondage. And if you'll note right there, when I obey the things of God and I keep living, he said, it's for our good. God wants to bless us. And he goes on to say that he might preserve us alive as is this day. Then it will be righteousness or it will be counted to us as righteousness if we are careful to observe all these commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. When I begin to conform my life to the word of God, even in difficulties, things will begin to happen. I don't care who we are. And, and be careful that you don't get over and have an entitlement mentality and think, I've had life so much harder than everybody else. I will tell you this, I see people many times that they've had a very, very rough hand dealt to them. But I've also seen people that have had very, very rough hands dealt to them and they became incredible overcomers. They lived for God. They wouldn't allow what happened in their life to become a a, a fixture that got them off a track. Where they ultimately lived a life of excuses and they wanted to blame everybody else. You may be in great difficulties. You may be in great, great adversity, but you keep living for God. I was in a setting, and I'll end with this. I was in a setting the other night, and my daughter started talking about my own father. And my father, when he was a young boy, his, his mother and father divorced. His father never wanted, never wanted anything to do with him. In the little town in Oklahoma that he lived in, at that time there was 33 streets. He lived on every street. Not because they liked to move, because they had no choices. And I remember my father growing up. He put his own self through college. He began to serve God. And he never quit serving God. And a lot of times when we look at people's lives, we we don't see all the adversity they went through. But any time a person continues to persevere and lives for God, God will move in his life. And when you see older people in this room, understand they went through adversity. They persevered. And they're to encourage us to stay, keep doing it. Keep fighting. And many of you in this room, you, you, you probably don't know this. And I mean, it's my mom and dad, so I'll tell the story. But my mom and dad were high school sweethearts. And when my dad went off to college, my mother got pregnant out of wedlock by another man. She eventually married that man. And she got pregnant with another child not long after that. My oldest sister and my older brother And the man who got her pregnant, her family said, abort the baby because we'll never have anything to do with it. You abort that child or we disown you. That child's my brother who's still pastoring. 
Not easy, but it's adversity. It's part of life. Thank God my mother didn't do that. Two years later, my father comes back on the scene. And he said, I still love you and I want to marry you. And so we never see everything, what happens with people's life. But I can tell you this, they weren't perfect, but they begin to serve God. And they begin to honor God. And just maybe today, you may be in an incredible hardship. You may be in life difficulties that are similar to that. I encourage you, rise back up. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.